Welcome to the Unmothered Podcast. Join me as we explore all the feelings and confusion surrounding the mother-daughter bond. Laugh with me, cry with me, and learn new ways to cope with what can be a very lonely existence without a mother to rely on. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Hello, peeps. Welcome back. Uh, Well, we decided to do a part two on this mommy episode with me and Ariel because we decided yesterday we had forgotten to talk about a couple of important topics and we had had this discussion in the kitchen and it was so good and we were like, okay, yeah, we're going to talk about this (laughs) and then we didn't. So you guys get an extra bonus because we're going to dig into these two topics. So One of the things we were talking about was I was a stay-at-home mom with kind of like the little side jobs and stuff, and I just assumed that when my girls grew up that they would probably want to be a stay-at-home mom kind of doing the same thing because my my past had kind of come into that present of like, well, my mom was a single mom that always worked and was never home, therefore... A good mom would be a mom that would stay home and nurture her kids and maybe do a little side gig, but really be there for her children 24-7 pretty much. And then Ariel got married and had children and she said, I don't think I want to stay home. I, I, I need to work. It really makes me a better mom. So question to you is, uh, how did you know that working during motherhood was a choice for you? Mm. A few reasons. One, working for me really fulfills me. It gives me Mm -hmm. a bigger purpose. I personally feel more fulfilled when I'm contributing outside the home. And I've always tried to keep that open that maybe with each pregnancy that could change or different seasons that could change. But so far, I love working so much. Mm -hmm. And that was also a huge part of who I decided to marry because who I would date a lot of guys that would say, well, but when you, like when we get married and have kids, you would stay home. And I would always cringe oh, when they would say okay, that. Okay, this is news. I did not know this. <laughs> Please spill the tea. I didn't know. Yeah, I would always cringe when I would hear wow. that because I thought that's not what I So you kind of know if you're cringing at the beginning, you're like, maybe <laughs> before I was not. Yeah. It wasn't even a thought yet, yeah. (laughs) And when I met Julius from day one, he's always been super supportive of whatever risk I was taking, whoever I wanted to be in the world, any five-year plan I had. He was always like, yeah, totally. You're a boss. You could do that. And so I knew I wanted to have kids with him because I wanted to feel like I could work if I wanted to. But logistically and practically... We both have decided to live in a town that costs a lot of money and we can't not, we can't afford not to work. So Mm -hmm. both of us do have to work in order to provide for our family the way that we want to. And then the third thing is that for me, it gave my marriage better communication because Mm. if we both know what it's like to have a hard day at work and we both know what it's like to have a hard day staying at home with the kids we have more compassion for each other. Yeah. There doesn't feel like there's this resentment of like, well, I did this today, but you did this yeah. today. It's You're very... not throwing the kids at them at the end of the yeah. day going, take your kids, I've been with them all day. <laughs> well, I am. <laughs> if I get home first, I am. But Still happens. we both, I, I love that my kids get to see that both mommy and daddy yeah. do the dishes and we both cook and we both 
provide financially for them and we both make the decisions. And for us in our marriage, that was important to keep that same level of responsibility. And so that's what works for us right now. In this yeah. Season. And I've watched you guys do that so well. And I am kind of in awe sometimes where I'm like, man, <laughs> I wish I had had that. It, and it was different, you know, because yeah. daddy had to work out of town a lot of times so he wasn't home so I was I always say I'm the single parent with benefits because he provided a really comfortable life but I was doing all the stuff by myself but I will say when he came home you know he would pitch in where he could and you know he's super good at doing the dishes and (laughs) cleaning up after dinners which is like a plus for me because I love to cook but it's like I don't want to clean up so yeah finding those balances of like where you can complement each other and, um, and then just deciding like what works for your family. So yeah, it, I mean, it makes sense because you guys do live in an area where it's kind of almost impossible unless your husband is some mega, crazy yeah, rich. yeah, crazy, <laughs> crazy rich, whatever. And, um, and so, you know, it's, you have chosen, so it's mm-hmm. not like, oh, we have to do this because this is where we live and you right. resent it. It's like, we choose to live in this area, which is a little more expensive. So therefore, we both have to contribute financially yeah. too. So that's, you know, it's a good way to look at that and not have resentment in that. If you didn't, then you'd have to make a choice to like move somewhere where you could right. stay home and, and take yeah. care of the kids and things like that. Or have different jobs. I mean, all of it is for me. It's like, why would I choose to have kids with my partner if my partner wasn't also equally responsible for raising these kids, that doesn't make sense to put it all on me. But, but that it, doesn't. But that mean, happens, and yeah, that's and what's happens. so crazy yeah. is like it sounds so good when you say it, and yet I still talk to young moms now where it's like the men are so checked out because they assume that that's the mom's job to to do those kind of things. Or the flip side, the the mom feels like, well, he's providing outside of the home, so it feels like I, I need to, to be the. the person managing the home that's exactly how I felt yeah. I felt like dad was providing all the money and so I have to make sure everything is yeah. run in the household that was my job yeah which worked at the time and it worked for us but looking back now I can see that that probably should have switched a little bit more where we kind of worked in tandem a little bit better there was a little bit of resentment for yeah. on my part you know right. pro- and I think guilt on dad's part because yeah. he did feel the guilt when he came home he's like oh you've done all these things and I haven't been here and I was and then I'd feel bad I would yeah. feel guilt because I'm like well I don't want him to feel bad because he was working but yes you're right like yeah. I was not you know taken care of well emotionally yeah so there are different factors of that like some are financial but some is emotional and mm-hmm. mental too where I think it's just the awareness of what does it look like for you to be the best mom you can be. And that's not necessarily one or the other. Right. Right. So And to ask your partner, like, what does that look like for them to be their best too? That's the thing that we've really leaned on is it's not even just about me thriving as a mom. It's about him thriving as a dad. And what do we both need? And we have to constantly reevaluate and communicate that. Yeah. Because it's not obviously a 50-50 split. Some days someone's taking on more. You know what? Yeah. That, (laughs) I hate when people say it's 50-50. It is never 50-50. It's 90-10. It's 60-40. It's 30-70. I'm doing math now. I can't even know who I am at this point. But it's, it's like... It is, if you are expecting that to be fair and equal, you're going to be disappointed time after time because sometimes your partner has to carry more weight Mm -hmm. and sometimes that is you and sometimes that is them. 
And you have to be okay with that. It's not, it's not ideal. Yeah. And you will resent some of it. Yeah. But that is the reality is that sometimes there are unforeseen things that happen and you're like, sorry, but I have to go to this out of town, whatever. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, something comes up unexpectedly where you're just like, this wasn't in the plan. Right. And you have to be able to shift in that and, and, um, and I think communication is key. It's just saying like, wow, this this is not fair. I'm so sorry. Like, this is what's happening. We'll talk about it, you know. Yeah. As time goes, we'll figure out how to maybe, so that that's not a commonality. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I can tell you after 34 years of marriage, it is not 50-50. It's never 50-50. Mm-hmm. Even as empty nesters, there are times <laughs> when our schedules just go wonky. Mm-hmm. Um perfect example is I had to be in Chicago and the last day fell on our anniversary. Right. You know, and I felt so bad. And then I was like, wait, dad's gone on a hunting trip. He's asked for permission, but he's gone on a hunting trip and saying like, oh gosh, it's falling on your birthday. And it it wasn't a major birthday. And I'm not like a huge person on having to have a big blowout birthday party unless it's like a major 10 year, you know, like a 50, 60, whatever. And so I was like, yeah, it's fine. And then this time we were laughing because the roles are reversed because I'm starting to work more and do mm-hmm. different things. And so it was like, oh, sorry, I'm be gone. I'm flying home um, the next day on our anniversary. And he's like, yeah, it's fine. You know, so there was no resentment. And we knew we'll be able to celebrate that on a different day. And it's not something, you know, it wasn't like a major milestone anniversary But that brings me to the next thing is like, I think women feel like if they take care of these kids and like, and even if they have a career or whatever, they feel like it's all over at the end of like 10 years Mm -hmm. or whatever. And, you know, you brought up a good point is like, I didn't start my career until I was 60. I wrote my first book at 61. Mm -hmm. That was not in my plans at all. But it was such a calling that I felt like God was just saying, you are not done. Mm -hmm. Like you raised your kids and now what do you want to do? And here's the passion I've put in your heart. And go fly with it. So I think it brings up like a good conversation is to let women know like we're not done (laughs) when the kids are grown and out of the house. Like we're actually, it's a rebirth. Mm -hmm. You know, we get to recreate. So I stayed home and like really poured all my stuff into you guys. But I always knew, like I know we had this conversation as you said, mom, you raised us to be so independent and so funny that you thought we'd be stay at home moms. And I said, I had this like two different sides of my brain where I was like, go out and be whatever you want to be, but then go home and take care of your babies. Mm-hmm. And, and now I realize it was such a great thing to raise you guys that way. And then it was like a rebirth in me to say, I did pour all my stuff out to you guys with the knowledge that I don't have to be your mom once you turn 18 in the mommy way. I will always be your mom, but I'm not, I don't, if you are still like running to their defense every time something happens, your kids don't need you in that way. They need you to be there to listen to them when they have a struggle. If they ask for your advice, then that's great, but you shouldn't like always throw your advice in and it can't always be your way. And then it's time for you to thrive into whatever you want to make yourself to be in your next chapter. I'm realizing like I could work for another 30 years if my brain and my body is working. So, you know, those are things I have to keep healthy. Yeah. 
in order to continue. Yeah, it's it's a conversation that we have a lot in the kind of communities that I serve within motherhood, which is like, if you do, there's nothing wrong with being a stay-at-home mom. Like I said, that's the harder, that's the superhero journey. Thank you. But (laughs) you wanted to be a good mom. That was your, when I grow up, I want to be a A good good mom. mom. So that meant that that was part of that. And that's okay. And it doesn't Mm -hmm. then mean your life is over after the, you know, 30 to 40. Like that doesn't mean like you had your chance. I, I felt the same way. Like there was a few years where as my career was growing, I thought I could hit the C-suite and be at the top of a company in my 30s. Like that would be so awesome for me. That'd be a goal I would want. Mm -hmm. But then I took a step back and was like, at what cost? Mm -hmm. Then I'm not there for my kids. My son's like verbally telling me he wants me to pick him up early from school. And I'm missing out on these really formative years that... I could be with my kids and who cares if I'm a CEO at 50? Right. Like, why is that not like, why, why in my head do I have this expectation that if I don't hit these certain milestones at a certain age, it's over for me and I, Mm -hmm. I've failed or I've missed my shot. Well, society has said that. Yeah. (laughs) So I, I think what it's really cool to see what you're doing is like, and your brain doesn't expire at 50 years old. It can actually be reborn and you can use all of these experiences you have to have an even deeper breadth of work Mm -hmm. and experience to give to other people Mm -hmm. and that is just as crucial and you have you can have just as much energy because you don't have kids (laughs) keeping you I I don't know if I have just as much energy (laughs) well you You have the same as me I'm I'm tired you're tired (laughs) we're equal now we're the same no I think yeah and and that's a good point, too, is, like, you don't have the energy of a 30-year-old. Right. You know, you're not. I mean, I'm not. I'm, you know, 65. It's, like, things go a little slower. It takes me a little more time to wake up in the morning. Got to make sure all the bones are working and, and so all of that. But the brain is igniting and on fire. Mm-hmm. And so as long as you have that and you have this passion and you know, like, God has given you this purpose... I think that's what keeps all the rest of the things ticking because it's like, yeah, we got to go out there and like do the thing and whatever that is that like sparks you should be um, continuing. I don't think it serves you well for your purpose in life to say, and I've seen this where women are bawling their eyes out because their kids are graduating and going to college and they're like, I don't know what my life is like without my kids. And I'm like, you should always be thinking of the next step because yeah. yes, it's such a sad transition when your kids go to college, not underestimating that. I cried when I got home. I didn't cry in front of you, but I cried when I got home. I was like, oh my God. the worst part is walking down the hallway and seeing all the kid pictures. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my gosh, everyone said that would go by so fast. Yeah. And you don't believe it. So you said it like his formative years are now, Cabby's yeah. formative years are now. And you just think like, oh, I have all this time. But literally women would tell me, it's you're going to blink and it's mm-hmm. going to be over. And I'm sitting here with my grown adult daughters and I'm like, what happened? Like that, that went by so fast mm-hmm. and I just want to redo, which I always tell people, you get a redo with grandkids because <laughs> I get to enjoy that part again because I was so busy trying to be everything to everyone else. Yeah. I feel like sometimes I just didn't have the joy that I would if I could do it over, right, mm-hmm. I would have more joy in it. 
And so I get sad when I hear women saying my life is over because my kids are going to college. And I'm like, no, like, yes, there is a part where there is a a sadness and Mm -hmm. you should mourn that and grieve that because that is your life is changing. Now you're going into a whole new season, but you also have to look at it in a, a way of saying like this whole new season opens up all the doors because you said it. I'm an empty nester. Mm-hmm. I can get up at eight o'clock, six mm-hmm. o'clock, seven, ten o'clock. Like I can do whatever I want because mm-hmm. I don't have a traditional job. And so I can get up and figure out what my day looks like on any given day. I don't have the responsibility anymore of taking care of littles. And so, you know, that gives you breathing room to decide what do you want your life to look like? And I don't want women to turn 50 or 60 and say, my life is over because Mm -hmm. I'm not a mom or I've retired from my job. Okay. What do you want to do next? Like, why are you going to sit there? Your purpose in life is not to sit in a rocking chair and just wait for people to come visit you. (laughs) For like a couple of years, you could just want to. I mean, you know, (laughs) you could sit on the couch with popcorn on any given night. Because you are seeing it from the generation that's, done having kids yes. and moving on to the next stage and I'm seeing it from the beginning portion of that of people giving up their former life before kids oh, and yeah. grieving like They're I had years. all these plans yeah. and now it's potentially halted if I have to stay home with my kids or if I choose to be a stay-at-home mom and or I am working and I have to do all the things all the yeah. time and, and it's just this sense of urgency either way that yeah. like we've missed out or we have to like get to this place. And what I would hope for people to know is that there's no sense of urgency. Everyone else is putting that on us. But right. you could do something very little and make a difference. You could do mm. something big and have totally. big dreams. Like it could be on any spectrum of that. Yeah, it doesn't have to look like a certain way. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's things you could like go and read stories to kids in a school and yeah. be totally fulfilled with that. If that's your purpose, then yeah. that is your purpose. So yeah. do it well. I think, yeah, that's a good point because I think society has this thing that we have to like do and be. And I loved like today we were at church and your pastor was saying like, you get all these things and you're still not fulfilled. Like mm-hmm. what's it all for? You mm-hmm. know, we, we don't realize how lucky and blessed we already are. If you're driving a car, you are rich. Mm-hmm. doesn't matter what the car looks like. Yeah. If you're driving a car, you're rich because there are people that can't even afford that. If you're living in a house, doesn't matter if it's a little wonky, you're falling yeah. apart. You have a house, you have a roof over your head. And no words are more true because my mom became homeless at one point because she gave up on her life and her passions and just like lost everything. And I think often about that of like, what does that even feel like and look like? It's just so sad to me that you would get in that headspace, right? And so I think people think when I just had a conversation with a client where just a lot of things were happening and she was like, you know, this always happens right when I get to this place, right? Mm -hmm. And I said, you have this outlook of like, I'll be happy when, Mm -hmm. when this happens. But the the reality is, is that when life hits you, it zigzags, right? You have a happy moment, but then life happens and things fall apart. So you keep saying, if, when, then, Mm -hmm. then when I get here, then, when that's going to, there is no then, when, like, Mm -hmm. it's not like that. It's like you have blissful moments And then you're going to have 
hard moments. Yeah. And that is what life is, being a mom or not being a mom, right? It's just those, that is life. Like we have these, Carrie says joy and sorrow in the same hand. Like you have those moments where yes, we're very blessed. Yes, you have these things, but you also have struggle. Right. And I think no words are more truer than being a mom and having to <laughs> sacrifice those things at the same time. So being able to rationalize that and go, yeah, of course this is happening because this this is life. And some of it could be for a reason and some of it could just be for no reason at all. And you don't have to like put a name to it or whatever. It's just there you get a phone call in the middle of the night. It's, you know, you're you're like having a good day and then you get this phone call and everything can change. Mm-hmm. And so when you know that that is, I, I guess because I've been around longer too, it's like I just know that for a fact. Like that has always happened. And so to just give a little like semblance to that to moms is like don't expect like when I get to this phase then yeah it's going to get better. It's like, no, it's just different. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just different. It's like, yes, my life is a little bit more calmer, you know, because I don't have the everydayness of getting the kids to school and they fall down, losing (laughs) my grandson lost his underwear spending the night at our house. Do not ask me how I've looked for it everywhere. He went to go take a shower and he goes, I goes, I can't find my underwear. I'm like, what, (laughs) what in the world who does this? And we're trying to get ready for church. And I texted Ariel and said, bring underwear to the church because your grandson lost your, or my grandson lost, lost his underwear. So yeah, just stuff like that. And then at the same time, the dog got out and was running. So this is the thing is we're having a perfectly smooth morning. This is life, right? So the dog gets out, we're in this new house and we're like, we're never going to find her. And so we just started screaming her name and then Mike goes, I'll get you a treat. And here she comes running around the corner. We're like, okay, we got the dog. The kid has his pants on with no underwear. We are good. We're going to going to church and that's that's your crazy life right that is life and so you could fall apart and get really stressed out about that and say this is so unfair why did this happen but we laughed about it Mm because it was like yeah this is our crazy life get the kids in the car let's go (laughs) (laughs) so anyway those were the two topics we really wanted to any other last words probably but (laughs) We'll be like on Zoom part three (laughs) pregnancy. She's like, I got it. She's going to, she's going to do, I'm not even going to say text or email because I don't know which one it is (laughs) in the middle of the night. (laughs) And she'll say, I remember something else. Write it in the description. Hand write it out and send it by mail. Yeah, just send it to everybody. (laughs) Oh, well, it was awesome that we got to have this second chat and i hope you guys enjoyed this episode and um until next time we will see you later peeps thank you so much for tuning in today if you want to get connected with other women who share your unmothered heart head on over to my private unmothered facebook community group don't forget to subscribe and leave a review for this podcast to help me share this message with other listeners All the links mentioned in today's episode will be in the show notes below. Bye, peeps.